Welcome to Asian Film Express, a podcast where we talk about Asian and Asian American representation in films, or the lack thereof. I am Hannah Chan, your host, and today we are discussing Ghost in the Shell, a science fiction film released in 2017, directed by Rupert Sanders. I think this film is a perfect place for us to jump into our discussion about the lack of Asian and Asian Americans in an Asian-inspired work. Robotic skeleton prepared and waiting for brain insertion. Initiate Project 2571. A little background on the film. Ghost in the Shell received a lot of criticisms when it was first announced that Scarlett Johansson was casted as the main character. Why is that? Well, Ghost in the Shell was originally a manga with the same name, written and illustrated by Masamune Shiro in 1989, which also later spawned a franchise of film adaptations. This live action is mainly inspired by the 1995 animated film of the same name. But Hollywood do put its own spin on the film. Heavy political issues and intellectual discourse that are present in the manga and anime are scrapped. The story takes place in a fictional city in mid-21st century in Asia. The plot centers around Public Security Section 9, a group of special operatives who protect the world from the most dangerous technological threats. Cyber brains and prosthetic bodies are wildly popular in this world. The ghost in the title refers to human consciousness, and the shell refers to cybernetic body. The theme of the film circulates the definition of humanity in a world that is heading toward prominent artificial intelligence and robotic enhancement. To continue our last conversation in episode 1 about Caucasian actors and actresses casted as Asian roles, Ghost in a Shell is a perfect film to examine how white actors and actresses are put in lead roles while Asians are pushed back as minor background characters. There's no doubt that Major Motoko Kusanagi is a Japanese woman. Just look at her name. Doesn't it give her a nationality away already? Why is Hollywood so afraid of casting non-white actors as lead roles? What does this say about the film industry? This movie could have been a breakthrough for Asian representation, but it ultimately decides to be one credited for its visual merits. Before discussing the cultural appropriation of this film, I want to talk about this movie for its other aspects first. This film is undoubtedly stunning, recreating some of the most iconic scenes from the 1995 film. This movie is visually mind-blowing. It translates the world of Ghost in the Shell very well to a live action. The holographic advertisement and neon lights in the city cyberpunk landscape was immaculate. When a movie relies heavily on CGI and post-production enhancement, I usually call it eye feast because the movie's merits come mostly for its realistic action sequences of things that are unreal. The prosthetic bodies and world in Ghost in the Shell embody that. Usually it is very clear for the audience to see the signs of what is not real. 
However, Ghost in the Shell does a really good job blurring that, which I think fits really well to the theme of the movie, the wrestle between humanity and technology. The opening scene sets the tone of the movie entirely. We see a human brain put into an artificial body. We see these mechanic parts being put together, and later on, an almost human body emerges, skin layered over synthetic muscles and bones. The world seems entirely believable. I also think the issue of cybercrime in the film is also very interesting. With the world's technology being highly advanced, and the fact that cybernetics enhancement is not only within close reach, but expected. Being hacked become a much dire crime that could cause life or death consequences. As we can see in the film, people can be planted with false memories or even be used as puppets. This issue reflects to the world we live in now, as people immerse themselves more into the cyberspace. Our personal information is out there, and God knows what they are being used for. Especially with the pandemic, most of our lives have moved into the cyberspace. It is where we socialize, work. And even attend school now. This film makes the audience question the safety of such advancement. The film centers around Mira, Scarlett Johansson's character, her struggles with her identity and her humanity. We see a glimpse of diversity in the world and the sense of the different degree of cyber enhancement. However, the plot focuses more on how special Mira is, being the first of her kind. Which I think is kind of a pity. I would have liked to see more aspects of how people were advanced in the world. I know a movie only has limited time to tell the story that it wants, but I think the worldview of the movie could have been more established, which could have benefited the movie. There's much more character development for members in Section Nine in the manga and anime. However, in the live action. They are simply pushed to the back to accompany Mira. Another point: we don't really see the normal people who live in this world, which I think is a little disconnect because we can't relate to who Section Nine are protecting against the cybercrime. All in all, the film is visually stunning with an interesting core. However, the film fails to understand its source material and reduces itself to a generic science fiction film. My mind is human. My body is manufactured. I'm the first of my kind, but I won't be the last. We cling to memories as if they define us, but what we do defines us. My ghost survived to remind the next of us that humanity is our virtue. I know who I am and what I'm here to do. Now let's talk about the Asian representation in this film. 
The inspiration of the film is everything Asian, from manga, anime, the Hong Kong-inspired locations, to an Eastern philosophy core. The casting of Scarlett Johansson as the main character sparked controversies. This film was subjected to heavy criticisms for whitewashing in Hollywood and Hollywood's limited portrayals of characters of Asian descent. It is important to see people who look like yourself on screen. All these white-looking characters with Japanese names. Why can't they cast Asians? Major Motoko Kusanagi is a Japanese woman. She identifies herself as Japanese. She speaks Japanese. Lives and works in Japan. Yes, Motoko's body is supposedly artificial. Only her brain remains. Therefore, some argues that her cyborg body is ethnically ambiguous. But that doesn't take away the fact about how she identifies herself. The live action sets the film to be not exactly in Japan, but it is still obviously in Asia. Director Rupert Sanders stands by his casting of Scarlett Johansson, saying that she is the best actress of his generation and the person he felt most embodies the physicality and the ability to inhabit the role. But I feel like Scarlett Johansson was typecasted as the major. She has been starring in heavy action films since 2005, The Island. Is she really the best actress for this role, or the audience are just accustomed to her in these kinds of roles? The director of the first Ghost in the Shell movie, Mamoru Oshii, stated that the major is a cyborg and her physical form is an entirely assumed one. The name Motoko Kusanagi and her current body. Are not her original name and body, so there is no basis for saying that an Asian actress must must portray her. But I still see a problem in that. In the live action, Major is named Mira Killian, who speaks only English to her Japanese speaking superior. Scarlett Johansson has stated that she considers Mira identityless role. And that she would never attempt to play a person of a different race, which to me doesn't sound like she understood and appreciated the fact that Ghost in the Shell originated from Japan. There are also attempts on justifying this whitewashing of the character by giving the backstory of Mira once being a young Japanese woman named Motoko Kusanagi, who was abducted and experimented on. Why go all this extra process to justify casting a white actress when it doesn't make sense for an Asian woman to be recreated into this state-of-the-art cyborg body that just happens to be white? There's no clear explanation as to why her appearance received such drastic change. She doesn't have to change her whole ethnicity in order to not be recognized by her mother. Having an entirely different-looking face would have worked out the same way. Motoko Kusanagi in this case is used as the lotus blossom again, the identityless victim. What are the implications of planting a Japanese woman in a white body? This is exactly what they did with this film, essentially. 
taking the aesthetic and inspiration of the Japanese manga into a Hollywood film. In the source material, Motoko is simply referred to as the major, but in the live action, Motoko is a Japanese woman that had to be destroyed in order for the major to exist. Do you hear the difference? The producers argue that the story is international, not just Japanese. Well, I would like to rebut that. Exactly. This is international. So why does a self that can be divided from race and gender is white? Motoko is a raceless cyborg, but Scarlett Johansson is undoubtedly white. It is discomforting that Hollywood's idea of absence of race equals to whiteness. Lastly, I want to talk about the Eastern philosophy that was omitted from the live action. That ultimately was why the original was so great and beloved by so many. The manga and anime ask, what happens to our individuality in a collective consciousness and pushing towards a singularity? The manga and film poses this philosophy that challenges individualism that there may be the importance of not pursuing one's individuality that would be more valuable to us as humans. The 1995 film, Motoko eventually merges with the Puppet Master, which is the inspiration of the character Kuze, fusing her ghost with artificial intelligence and create a new being. Motoko felt that she was limited by her abilities, while the puppet master lacks the basics of being human. They merge, and they both get what they wanted. This philosophy doesn't pit humanity and technology against each other, but rather have them work together for a better future. On the other hand, we don't see that in the live action at all. The live action film takes American ideals and erases the Eastern philosophy in the original work. It becomes a generic science fiction film that highlights individualism and good versus evil. In this case, humanity posing as the good once again wins because Mira refuses to go with Kuze and stays as an individual. And the final monologue of Mira saying she fully embraces her memory, which creates her identity as a unique being that will continue to fight for Section 9, is confusing to me. Because what is the point of creating a ghost in the shell when the ghost refuses to move past the need of the shell? To me, this movie misses the entire point of the original source material. That is all we have today. Thank you for listening. Hope you will come back for future episodes.